0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a platform that connects restaurants with people. Learn more at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is getbent dot com forward slash opening soon. Hi, this is Jenny Goodman.
2: And I'm Alex McCreary.
1: And we are the hosts of Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. We listen to HRN and are actually guests on several shows before bringing our own show to this network. And it's been so amazing to see and hear the unparalleled content that comes from our community, even with limited financial resources. HRN's been making food radio for 10 years. HRN staff and hosts make it look really easy but making the best food radio out there is actually really hard work
2: we're super excited to be a part of heritage radio network and we invite you to join us in making sure that in our second decade HRN is stronger than ever so become a member today go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now you can even show your support by selecting opening soon in the designation drop down menu thanks for listening to HRN
1: opening soon on Heritage Radio Network. We are your hosts. I am Jenny Goodman.
2: And I'm Alex McCreary.
1: And opening soon is a weekly show that will walk you through the steps of opening restaurants. We're talking to some of the world's greatest chefs and tours, and industry leaders and vendors that help take your business from an idea to opening soon.
2: And the reason that Jenny and I are here asking the questions is two part. One, that we have uh, a workwear work company based in New York City named Till at NYC where we get to meet a lot of restaurateurs starting up or just changing things up and, and seeing their process from you know, ground up. And then the other reason is that we uh, are also the owners or founders of a, very, of a now defunct restaurant very defunct. that lasted for about six months. Um, so we have a lot of questions, we obviously did a lot of things wrong, and the reason that we're here is asking things to people that have done it right and getting some answers that can help you along your journey.
1: So today we'll be chatting with Crystal Mobayeni, the CEO of Bento Box, um, which many of you probably use her product, and Michael Chernow, who is the founder of Seymour's and the co-founder of The Meatball Shop. But before we get into our interview with them today, we'll do our key takeaways from last week's um, interview with Jordana Rothman and Sue Chan.
2: Okay. So, uh, we had a few takeaways from our conversation last week in talking about, you know, getting your brand noticed and and getting your, um, your restaurant, uh, out there in the face of customers. And so number one for us was to think omni channels. So, you know, aside from the traditional channels of print and, um, standard press to think about social and think about events as, you know, options for how to get your your awareness out there.
1: And the next one was focusing on strengths. So I think this has been a common theme on the show, but specifically, you know, Jordana mentioned some people aren't good about promoting themselves, so that's an perfectly appropriate place to hire a PR and social team. Um, Whereas also Sue was like, you know, if it's your first venture and you're very good at getting in people's faces, by all means, go it alone if you don't have the budget. So I think, you know, just knowing where you're plugged in and what your strengths are is what's key here.
2: Focus is a common theme that we see in in each one, right? (laughs) Uh, Number three was that you have to have a good product and you have to be a great business operator uh, aside from getting um, awareness out there in the consumer audience that, you have to have those two things to be successful.
1: And the next one was thinking about, um, out of the box alternatives of ways to get noticed. So, um, and this ties in a little bit to being the omni-channel theme that we talked about a lot last week too, but it's not just about, you know, traditional press, but it's plugging into your friends and doing events with them and all sorts of things so that you're really present and and aligning with like-minded people.
2: Yeah. And the last one for this episode, number five, was to make sure your story is authentic. So, you know, obviously you need to be telling uh, a great story, but if it's not true, it's not real, it's not how you are and who you and what you believe in, Um, that'll clearly come across and and your uh, consumers will pick on, on that. So now on to this week. Uh, this week's episode of Opening Soon is all about how to maximize your digital presence. Basically how you can fuel the buzz of your shop in the opening days through your social presence, including optimizing your interiors for share-worthy moments, building your website, and creating an easy and efficient reservations platform. So we'll you know kind of examine what are some of the best, best tactics to create buzz, to drive revenue and visitors to your restaurant outside of PR, and obviously um, putting butts in seats is the end goal.
1: That's the goal, right? Opening with a full restaurant, which one of our guests apparently did that. So you're gonna hear more. Um, So today we are joined by um, Crystal, again, the co-founder and CEO of Bento Box, and Michael Chernow. Um, And Crystal has spent over 13 years working as a digital designer in New York City before founding Bento, um, which launched in 2013, really seeing a gap in the marketplace for beautifully designed restaurant websites that had all the tools nicely packaged in one place. And Michael, I'm sure if you're in New York, you've been to one of his restaurants. But um, Meatball Shop has eight locations and counting now. Eight now. Eight now. And Seymour's is six. Yep. Yeah. So Seymour's is a sustainable seafood concept that launched in 2015. Yep. Yeah. And is now quickly grown to six and hopefully more on the way. With
2: well, spots in D.C. and now Connecticut.
1: Well, that's Meatball Shop. D.C. Yep. and Connecticut. Yep. And right now, Seymour's is all in New York City right now. All in New York. Is it ever going to be anywhere else? Absolutely. (laughs) It's going to be everywhere, hopefully, right? World domination. World sustainable seafood domination. Say that five times fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Anyway, so tell us a little bit, Crystal, why don't you start about how you got into, you know, hospitality website design.
3: Yeah. um, First, thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah. So my background, um, as Jenny mentioned, uh, websites, digital design, um, digital product design, been doing that my entire career, and I started um, working with a restaurant in New York um, on their website, and And I learned through that process how frustrated restaurants were that um, all of the third party tools and platforms that had come out had actually driven a wedge between them and their guests and they had lost control online and ultimately all that led to losing money. What do you mean it drove
1: a wedge? Like instead because obviously you want things to be, you know, you want websites to bring, all your digital presence should be bringing people together. So like what specifically was driving a wedge?
3: Um, it's the third-party tools and the, platforms yeah. that had come out like OpenTable, Seamless. Your relationship became with those platforms instead, instead of, of the with guest. the restaurant. Yeah. They were holding um, all the
2: content of the guests and you yeah. were kind of working through them.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, the, yeah. and you, again, like the relationship that consumers had was with those apps and not with the restaurant anymore. Yeah. And so, um, and that was, um, yeah, and the, I think restaurants even maybe with Yelp, were feeling misrepresented, and, and they just lost that control of, like, the brand that they were building
1: online. Yeah, that's so – I didn't even think about that. So really before there was, like, people were going to Open Table to search for the restaurants and get information, and, they, like, the restaurant doesn't hold any, like, sway over what Open Table says about them mm-hmm. or, like, even what the brand looks like online.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so all of that frustration was trying to be uh, – trying to solve it through their website because yeah. it was literally the only place online that they had total control of mm-hmm. everything. And I, as a designer and service provider with the tools that existed, was having a hard time giving the restaurant exactly what they wanted. And they wanted, you know, uh, just all the different tools that they wanted to, like, run their business online uh, as a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hacked something together and um, and moved on and then had a couple other restaurants um, contact me after seeing the work I did with this um, first restaurant that was um, one of them was the Meatball Shop, and um, client number two, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: early adopters,
3: and um, and yeah, and it was like I could charge like a cajillion dollars to like retrofit like these horizontal platforms like WordPress and Squarespace to do exactly what they wanted, or I could build something from scratch that fit the needs exactly and um, and at like a at a lower cost and. Luckily, um, they were on board to like, you know, take that risk, and and here we are today, five thousand restaurants later.
1: Five thousand restaurants later. <laughs> so, did was it like Meatball Shop was? Were they like almost a test case? Did you guys give them feedback about what we really needed and all those kind of things?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for us, it was it was also, uh, you know, the biggest pain point for us as a, as a startup was in um, spending money. Right, like that's. I think that's the biggest pain point. (laughs) Isn't it
1: always? Yeah,
4: Yeah. I think that's the biggest pain point in any sort of startup. Did
1: you guys raise money for Meatball Shop, or you were self-funded at first?
4: We raised money, small, small small little pieces from friends and fam.
1: so like what most restaurant tours do, yeah, yeah, like nothing.
3: But margins are margins. I, yeah, matter? right. Yeah.
4: yeah, you know, and and at the end of the day, like you know, spending money for any 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 company startup is is a, is always an, an issue. <laughs> yeah. And so when we launched, you know, we 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 slapped together um, what we thought was an inexpensive website, um, and then. As we started to grow, very quickly the developer saw that we were growing and successful and, and said, well, this is what you should do, and this is what you should do, and this is how much it's going to cost. And every time I wanted to change something, it was like, every time we wanted to change a menu it was like a thousand dollars and we were just like holy smokes this is crazy it's just like we're spending $20,000 a year on our website
1: I mean and people who have seasonal restaurants change the menu can you imagine $20,000 a year just on the something like that it was crazy because you're changing your menu so frequently yeah
4: and so somehow some way I don't know how we, we connected Crystal but Crystal walked in and she she showed us what she was up to and um she said, I've created this platform that's user-friendly specifically on the back end. And as we were growing, we were like, oh, thank God. Like, it's so difficult to make changes um, across a number of restaurants. Um, and at that point, we had already had three, I think, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was West Village, uh, Williamsburg, and Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. And she showed us this, this awesome platform that had a, a dashboard that was, like, super easy to use. And um, it was a new company. And she was, like, super hands-on. And, you know, every time we needed something, I called her directly. I yeah. still do. You
1: still text her. <laughs> that always happens with your first clients, yeah. by the way, because yeah. we, like, our first client, I won't name names, but they still text us all the time. Like or specific, Specifically Alex, it's which great. we love. And it's amazing. And thank you for being supportive and still texting us. But it's just funny because, like, that never goes. Away, yeah. when you're like an early adopter, like you're like, oh, you know, like, yeah. oh,
4: oh, we need telling I So,
1: like, oh, my God, right, I'll yeah. go. <laughs> I know, I love um,
4: it. And she still gets back to me like within, <laughs> within 24 hours, which is amazing. Is um, so funny. But yeah, so we we, we did it, and um, and we 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 started out with a, a pretty straightforward. Um, uh, sort of um, option that she had created, and then we we decided that we wanted to take it a little further, and the cool thing about Bento is that you can use one of her, pe- her templates, or I think you still do this, right? You create custom websites, but it's not, the, it, you know, it, 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 that is gonna cost a little bit more money. Um, but for Seymour's, C- C- um, we use a template and it's yeah. great and it's um, and, and it's perfect and we, we never have problems and it's very easy to change and we don't have to pay every time we want to do something and yeah. um, and so you know Seymour's launched with a Bento site I mean Bell Shop still has a Bento site um, I mean I think most people uh, specifically in New York are using Bento yeah, yeah like take us exa- back to sorry uh,
2: go
3: ahead yeah like an example I remember when at Seymour's you guys were using one reservation platform maybe it was reserved and then you moved to Resi and if if it If it had been built on like a WordPress or something else that didn't have all these integrations built in, it would have cost like thousands of dollars for a developer to go in and change out that integration, whereas we have all of those built in. And so that type of like hospitality restaurant focus um, is how we're able to like save restaurants money through like templatizing
2: things. Yeah. Take us back a little bit, Michael, to when you like first started the first business, the meatball shop. And how did you, you looked at obviously, all the different ways that you're going to bring people into your restaurant, right so it's like PR, advertising, the sign on the front door, the website, social media now is like this at that point it was just this budding like crazy thing that people are figuring out. How did you how did you look at each of those components and like
1: what levers did you pull? Yeah
2: with, with the meatball shop?: Yeah, with, in the very beginning, and, I guess, and then obviously with Seymours as well.
4: You know, I'm, I'm I'm so grateful that you just listed all the things that I did not. Think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: but they've all been done really well. Right? I mean, you have a sign on your building, you yeah. have like an Instagram account that's done really well, and um, you know, I, I great think website, so.
4: when launching Meatball Shop, I had, uh, and I think this is the you know I think everybody has a specific skill set that they bring to the table. One of my specific skill sets that I bring to the table, probably my strongest asset in the business that I'm in today, which is food and beverage, um, is the ability to uh, listen to people, actually listen to people, understand what people are interested in um, and are relevant, and because I was born and raised in New York City, paying attention to lots of things um, in just lifestyle in general, I think I've been able to package things really nicely. And that's what I did uh, with Daniel at the meatball shop. I knew exactly where I wanted to be. I knew exactly what I wanted it to sound like, look like, feel like... um, and, uh, and and I learned all the other shit as we went because the truth is is that um, social media wasn't around when we launched Meatball Shop. What year
1: did Meatball Shop launch it? 2010. Right. So, it, was,
4: yeah. it was like there was no Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. I mean, ma- there was like my – There know, was like, no Instagram? What did people do? What did people
1: do with all their time? <laughs> no before? Instagram. So
4: looked at each no other. No Instagram. But I will wow. tell you that – there was a, there was, it was the beginning of this phenomenon, taking pictures of food. Right. So people were taking pictures of food. Because they
1: had iPhones. They just didn't have Instagram yet. Right. Right.
4: And so they are taking pictures of food. It was like a big thing. And it was very, very big, specifically in the Asian community. I think the Asian community really sort of launched food photography. I mean, I, I could be wrong. But, like, at 1 o'clock in the morning at the meatball shop on Stanton Street, um, there would just be these massive groups of people. Asian kids that would come in and chow and take pictures of food. And Daniel and my partner. In
1: 2010.
4: In 2010. I love it. And Daniel and I were like, what is going on here? Like, this is so, <laughs> this is like, this is so, like, ex- this is interesting. What is happening here? We just could not figure what it out. What were
1: they doing with the content? Were they putting it on Yelp or were they like. I think that they the, were
4: putting, I think they. I think Facebook had been, uh, right, maybe Facebook, Facebook
1: had launched. So, so yeah.
4: I think that they were putting it on Facebook. They were sending pictures to their friends. They were just like the The idea of been there, done that, um, yeah. or like I survived, was like coming to life in a really cool, unique way uh, with food, and right. so people were like getting completely hammered um, and coming to the meatball shop late night and like taking pictures of their meatball smash, you know. And right. so we were like, holy smokes, and so and then as soon as as soon as social media really took off, we blew up on social media. Did
2: you um, feel like you like took advantage of that opportunity. Did you say? all these kids are coming in, should we do something? Like should we turn the lights on so they get a better picture? Or should we, like, make some crazy dish that's...
4: Well, the just... truth is is that I actually implemented a lot of that stuff with the opening of Seymour's. Yeah, um, right. so, so
1: you learned from, like, the experience. Right, and
4: as we grew Meatball Shop, we knew, like, what services looked better um, on pictures and right. stuff. And, and I think, actually, the first social kind of social media platform that made meatball shop explode was TripAdvisor. Really? We were number one on TripAdvisor for that's like a year and a half. Whoa,
1: that yeah. is so don't interesting. Disregard and, and know, also don't disregard I know, don't disregard. I never even think of TripAdvisor as a social media platform. Is it still doing is. really well
4: for you? I, I don't even know. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've looked at TripAdvisor in 10 years. But I will say that like we were, uh, there was another restaurant at the same time that opened up called, um, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, the name, it's a noodle spot. It's on 11th Street and Fourth Avenue. Um, oh, Apudo. Apudo. Yeah. So Apudo opened up very at the same time as Meatball Shop, and we were going head to head on Yelp reviews. We were like seeing how many. Were reviews you guys we trying to had.
1: like send in some like secret shoppers and give them back? <laughs> 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 no, we, we were just like sabotaging? it was just crazy. Like we would, you know, like
4: a, like every week we'd get like another 200 reviews. And wow. We were serving, 200
1: reviews a week.
4: It was insane. Holy and shit! And so like Meatball Shop Lower East Side like very quickly grew to like. 2500 reviews and they were all great reviews. Did you solicit that or
1: that was like all organic?
4: That was organic. We didn't even know how to solicit I don't know. How do you like know, if you yeah. have
1: people like, you know, you just you write can today. You can today. today like you can. well <laughs> yeah. no, like you put on like, you know, your check, don't forget to review us or whatever right. kind of thing. That's what I mean by solicit. But like yeah. that no, you we weren't just, even like pushing people to do it. It was just sort People were of just doing it happening. and I think
4: you're I think that That's like crazy. that that like that late night community was like really into it and um and so people were just reviewing Stayed up,
1: got drunk and ate a meatball smash. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, pretty much. And so when I opened up meat when I opened up Seymour's, I you know that was like the beginning of Instagram and and yeah. um like the early days uh, potentially. I think Instagram launched when two thousand thirteen, fourteen, something like that.
2: I, don't know. I feel like I I've always
4: 12. had it. I think it was 12. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: it was a little earlier then. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, but we just, we you know, like I just knew it was like a huge element. And so every surface at Seymour's is uh, designed to be an awesome backdrop for a photograph. So you food. intentionally
1: thought about that when picking materials and...
4: Concrete, slate, whitewashed wood
1: smart zinc did you hear that people that is like I mean (laughs) that is really genius because you knew your food like you built your food to be enjoyable and Mm -hmm. I think the question
2: sometimes is can you balance that with you know, the vibe that you're going for in the space. And I, I think it certainly works at Seymour's. Yeah, there's oh, also like, you know, there's also
4: nice. a nice, like I think it's a little bit overdone today. Like it's very, very um, inauthentic potentially in some places. But, you know, if there is a moment that you can create within the restaurant 100%. that has like the, sh- the moment The shot. neon sign
2: on the wall that yeah. like everyone has to take a picture of. So or. we
4: did something at Seymour's where I had a photograph, a beautiful photograph of a wave um, Mm -hmm. with the Montauk lighthouse, like, like almost curled in the wave. And I took it and I exploded the photograph. I made it huge and I wrapped it on the wall that goes down to the bathroom. And so people were taking all these pictures in the wave on the wall, you know. And you know. did that intentionally. You're like, yeah. this is going to be, like, I was like this is an Instagram be moment. moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you were creating Instagram moments before people knew to call it an Instagram moment, basically. <laughs>
4: I mean, I was just, That's like, listening and paying attention. Yeah. You know? I was listening and paying attention.
1: And do all of your restaurants now have, like, these elements you've carried through to all six locations?
4: For the
2: most
1: part. For the most part.
2: hmm do they? Do you feel like they keep delivering? Is it something that you like? Do you have to change the wave after a year because there's too many pictures of the wave? Or uh, you was- know, I
4: think. I, look, I, I think if you, if you can give people uh, an, an opportunity to. Um, think about something different throughout the experience like that I think is really at the end of the day in the restaurant industry we are making memories right yeah. like that's right. the goal right and the goal is to make a memories good yeah. right. um, and so the more sort of touch points the more um, sort of spikes you know uh, in in excitement uh, the better off the ex- the better the experience is so I sort of look at that um, I say, hey, what can I do to surprise the guests? What can I do to make the guests feel, um, like, special? Um, and uh, it goes from everything from making sure that, uh, you know, w- the, the the lights outside of the restaurant are uh, illuminating the right thing um, and, you know, the door is not heavy in any way. The door is nice and easy to open. Like, every tiny little touch point is very, very important Um and, you know, like when you say getting butts and seats, like this is the premise of this specific conversation. Right. right. I think it all boils down to the basics, right? Like in New York, food has to be good.
1: Yes, that's number one.
4: It just has to be good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be great. It has to be, it has to be good and consistent. Service, for the most part, has to be great. Service has to be great. Like you, you and I don't mean great like so you know, yeah. this is the 1964. Great, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to
1: yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, you can have good service without being like a fancy establishment. And We right. had an interesting conversation with the CEO of Melchop, and he was like, "I have 45 minutes or 45 seconds, not minutes, 45 seconds, literally, to like make a good impression on the guest." And those 45 seconds have Melchop, if you anything. don't know, is a quick mm-hmm.
2: shop or a quick service. Uh, grilled cheese place it's literally a counter service and they're yeah like when we we do orientation I I,
4: I talk the guests through the perfect 60 minutes because that's what it is like return time is typically 60 minutes and we have we have to perfect 60 minutes and it's like in most in most things I say perfection is not necessary it's about progress and growth but in the restaurant industry if you want return guests it has to be pretty damn close to perfect. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that the food has to be great and, like, blow me away. That means the food has to be good and consistent. But to service, you have to treat people with, like, like they're like, you have the to make them to feel, yeah, yeah, you have to make them feel stoked to yeah. be there. Like, if you treat a guest, if a guest walks into a restaurant and is greeted with a beautiful, like, an awesome smile and, like, a high five, yeah. um, that's, like, it. Like, that is it, right? Like, the right. guest walks in, there's no sense of confusion. They walk in, they open the door, and, like, there's somebody there to smile and high-five them. Like, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the style of restaurants that I open, a high-five is very much, like, That's acceptable. on brand. Yeah, that's yeah. Totally on brand. And, like that's, like, that's an amazing way to start a meal. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And, um, and people remember that, you know? And, like, a high-five on the way out, Man, like that's so. <laughs> that's cool. even it's better. Like, yeah, right. it's just yeah. like, hey, like, oh my god, like these guys are cool. Yeah. They're doing fun things. The food is good. The environment is awesome. Like, I will come back here. Yeah. I will come back here. And that, and I think that that those basic those basic sort of rudimentary things that make up an experience in the hospitality business um, get lost because everybody's really focused on. How many can I have? How can I grow as fast as possible? Like you know, the, bo- the top line, and the bottom line, the rent so expensive. Like yes, those are all things that you need to think about. But yeah. by the way, if you're not doing the basic shit, yeah, right.
1: you're not gonna have all gonna gonna
4: those fail. things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um,
2: reservations and kind of how, again, you know, it's on the same premise of getting butts and seats. Um, have you used uh, your restaurants take reservations? Do they not? Have you use different platforms? you run it through your website now with Resi or something like that?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, all the restaurants take reservations. We didn't take reservations in the beginning. Um, but as you grow, you're not the new kid on the block. For Seymour's or For meatball, meatball Shop both. or both? For both. For okay. both. Yeah. Um, you know, as when did you, you
1: make that switch?
4: Meatball hard? Shop yeah. took a long time. Yeah. Meatball Shop took five or six years to even think about reservations. Seymour's launched for the first year we didn't take reservations and then we only took reservations for large parties um, because we couldn't take in any large parties with no reservations. was really hard. Yeah. Meatball shop t- started taking reservations for large parties early on as well. Um, but now both restaurants have opened up reservations for everything. Um,
2: Did you start because of customer feedback? People wanted
4: that or was there a different I think it's a combination of both. I think that, uh, you know, there's definitely times um, throughout the year where, like, if you don't offer reservations, people just don't come, like Mother's right. Day, Father's Day, right. you right, know, right, um, right. like, things like that. People don't, wanna wait. Yeah, I don't people want to, to people wait. People just don't <laughs> want to take, yeah, people like, don't want Like, now you get,
1: also, also you get older and, you're like, you yeah. a parent and you're like, I don't have time to wait for shit. No, right. yeah. <laughs> leave, you know? Yeah.
4: And also, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's just convenience is something that people are really interested today. Like, yeah, it's either sure. got to be off-the-chart good
1: that you're willing or, to wait for it, yeah,
4: or convenient, and yeah. like the off-the-chart good stuff does not have, like, you don't go to the off-the-chart good stuff all the time, right? Because typically the off-the-chart good stuff has some sort of catch to it, right? right. Like you got to wait 45 minutes right. to get in, or right. or two right. hours, or
1: or you have to make a reservation or, 90 know. days in advance, right? And like pray. On a
4: minute, <laughs> online, right? So like you know, finding a happy medium and being able to say, hey, like you can make a reservation at any one of the restaurants now is like definitely been a, been a lifesaver for us, yeah.
2: Crystal, tell us a little bit about some of the options and like, what, what do you guys offer at Bento? Do you do reservations yourself? Do you connect with, you connect with Resi, right?
3: Um, currently we connect with, you know, all the major one reservation okay. platforms that are out there, Resi, okay. OpenTable, um, Yelp Reservations. Um, so, and like I said before, it's like, Sometimes people start with one, and then they move to another. Or one location uses one place, and one location uses another one. So, um, yeah. whatever whatever works, um, we can handle it.
2: Did you ever work in a in a restaurant at the time when people picked up the phone and called and said, "I want to come in on Thursday night at <laughs> eight o'clock"? Oh yeah. Like, how how has you know digital presence kind of changed how that works? Aside, obviously, from the obvious of like not having to staff the person that's answering the phone all day long, but. Um, I guess in maximizing the number of people that can come in and jostling around with something like Resi that will literally shoot out, you know, last-minute notify-me thing for anybody that when a table drops out that they can add
4: a two-top in 45 minutes. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, It's incredible and, you know, People still, absolutely. I mean, I was at Seymour's all day yesterday. I took three reservations on the phone. Over the phone, still People dead. still call? Oh, yeah, people still call. Do a lot of restaurants do So they do go to your
1: website first, find your number, and then call? Yeah, I bet. You know, I,
4: I think, I, I think. look, also, another thing to discuss here is, like, changing behaviors takes a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> there are still people <laughs> that Best don't like these yeah. yeah. you know Really? Man? Are yeah. you
1: guys cashless? No, no, we're not cashless.
4: Um, but you know, like I th- and, and and credit cards came into play in like 1978 or something like that. So like you know, cash is king. No. Cash is king. But yeah. you know, like it's changing behavior is really really difficult. And so yeah. I think people that are used to just like looking up a rep- restaurant website and getting the number and calling for a reservation, they probably do that. You know, like I'll be honest with you, I don't make reservations. I like call my friends who own restaurants. Yeah, and
1: yeah but How you're in the last, You're <laughs> lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's yeah. your Person, right? yeah. We do the same thing. I hate doing it. I'm sorry for everybody I've hit up for reservations recently. We love you and appreciate you, but <laughs> it's true. It's like I do the same thing. I'm like, "Damn it, there's nothing. It's all sold out." I'm going to text them. Yeah. But I don't
4: ever I don't ever I just don't. I don't use any of those applications. I, know.
3: I think the other thing though that's happened is before it used to be just OpenTable. You know, yeah, and right. now there's, there's so many other ones that you don't know. You can't just open one app and know
1: which restaurants
3: are on it. Yeah, so you end up right. googling it. You end up on the website, website, and right. it's like, have like you just be easier to call?
1: Has you know? that like have you seen that change in your business? Like now you're getting more searches and like direct hits to the restaurant website because there are these other <clears throat> reservation platforms and people don't know where to search.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it it, it just it just works in our works in our favor and what we do also is we take um we have one product where it takes the information on the website the menus hours and then links to like reservations and things like that and it pushes it out to that you know when you search and there's that little box on google Google, yeah, yeah on the right side yeah and so like we can now power that as well and so um so that's just another who knows if they're going to the website but um they're also like using that which we're helping drive
1: Right, cause so if somebody's too. not linked through to this Google search, then that does not, because I use that feature all the time. I love mm-hmm. it that it pops, I know exactly what you're talking about that pops. I thought it was an ad for some reason. So that's mm-hmm. not an ad, that's just like, mm-hmm. so that's, well,
3: it's really tied to Google My Business, so you can, right. you can update it and do all the stuff. Manually, yeah, or, or when you it's can connected just put connected through it, a Bento Box, you can it just pushes everything.
1: On that's so smart because people don't even click into websites anymore. It's so true because now they Google, click into they websites. click into websites. Sorry, <laughs> but they do they click into websites. But I'm saying like when you're doing like a quick search, yeah, like yeah, I look, totally. I do look for that rest yeah. the thing on the restaurants. Yeah. Um, so it's really good to know that you guys connect directly with it because it is like visually just like oh they're open at five or whatever kind yeah. of thing and I, just, I like, only
4: good. use restaurant websites yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah I, I like I don't I don't use any um, if I'm going like for a restaurant that I want to try um, I will typically look on social media for a webs a restaurant and then I'll go to their website because most. Most restaurants have their website on their social media channels. That's true. And then <clears throat> I call them. <laughs> I
2: you call and place reservations. You don't use any of the apps. We use Resi a decent amount. Are they making? Are they taking a fee from the restaurant per number of bookings, or are they? Not.
1: Re- I don't think. Re- Open Re- table. table. Open Table does Resi
2: just just
4: like it's a flat fee? fee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I could be wrong.
1: But you just like to call.
4: I just, like, I'm old school, you know? Make like that, that initial connection, right? Yeah, it's, it's, in it's changing it. behavior stuff, you know? Yeah.
3: Also, everyone knows that restaurants kind of hold back some inventory.
1: It's so, so true. Right it's That is a good tip you should call yeah. because restaurants do hold back some inventory. And if you're also, like, a chef or in the industry, you can usually be like, I'm also in the industry. Hook a, mm-hmm. hook a mm-hmm. sister Well, up. if you're really
4: trying to pull that card, then you should just DM them on social. Yeah, that also <laughs> works, too. Like, hey, looking for a rezo. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what Michael does. So if he slides into your DM, <laughs> now you know. Um, And we're going to take a super quick break, and we'll be back with more discussion on this. Joseph Zaro left his home in Eastern Europe and arrived in New York City in 1927, where he opened Zaro's Family Bakery in the Bronx. Bakery has grown immensely from its humble roots. It's been passed down through generations of sons, grandsons, and great-grandsons, operating nine stores across New York, and more to come in the future. Zara's Family Bakery has become a household name in the New York area and beyond. Bento Box connected Zara's Family Bakery with people by designing a new website that sells their black and white cookies and homemade cakes, including their classic New York cheesecake. Sara's Family Bakery is one of 4,000 restaurants that's powered by Bento. Visit slash opening soon to learn more. All
2: right, so welcome back. Uh, we're chatting again um, with Crystal Mobiani from Bento Box and Michael Chernow from Seymour's and the Meatball Shop. And uh, we talked a little bit, we were having lunch at Roberta's before this and asked you about, Michael, about do you do your own Instagram? Do you do your own social, you know, I often think that it's best to kind of focus on your strengths and let people, you know, go outside sources for uh, people that are really good at doing something like that, whether it's the photography or the timing
4: and the and the analytics of when to post. Um, do you do it yourself? Do you use somebody? Um, so I definitely don't do it myself, um, and uh, the restaurants use a. Uh, uh, third party, I actually, for my personal now, use a third party. And not not because I'm not creating the content, because I I am actually creating the content for my own personal stuff. Um, But in order to succeed in anything, I think, but um, we're talking about social media. So in order to succeed in social media, consistency is key. And also knowing when to post and what to post on what days based on um, trends. And so there are pros out there that just do that for a living. Like they know exactly what Posts, style of posts uh, succeed at what time on what days, um, and so you know the the my recommendation for anybody who's looking for help in social media, um, you know. Just know that if you don't have the cash to hire somebody, just know that consistency is key. Like you have to post one picture every day. I don't even need, think you need to do two, but I think one picture at the right time every single day, and then stories have to be consistent throughout the day because a lot people of content, want
2: stories. Yeah, a lot of con-
4: I mean, I don't think it has to be like you know, like the bars shouldn't be like tiny, like half millimeters. I know because right. people are like
1: overshare. Yeah, right. yeah.
4: <laughs> but I think like I think like five to eight stories a day really is like the sweet spot. Yeah, and you feel like it's imperative to have a professional photographer shooting those. Picks for the main feed or content is good. Content is what catches people's right. eye.
3: Yeah, what I always tell. About? um I always tell our restaurants like whatever you're going to spend money on,
1: photography. Photography. Yeah, I right was going to ask you like yeah. money on photography. Do you guys give guidance on like digital assets and like what people? Because yeah. I know that you do help with like the actual design, but is there like are there
2: resources of uh, photographers in different areas that can. Yeah, we have
1: partners that we work with
3: in different areas that we recommend. And then we have like guidelines for, you know, um, what works best for a website. And, you know, obviously things are different. There's different browser sizes and responsive. And how does that, you know, image scale down by keeping the focus area? So there's like guidelines that we have um, to make that optimal.
2: Right. I feel like there's such a small window, even less maybe than Josh at Melchop's time to capture someone with with a photograph or when they click on your website that if that oh, yeah. photograph is not, not good. Yeah. of good quality and yeah. of good content, then they're just going to move right away. Yeah. Wow. I
1: mean, yeah, I would agree with that. We we have the photographer who comes and shoots with us like once a month because you need content and it's like, I, I we sincerely believe in investing in image assets because yeah. you can repurpose them from your website mm-hmm. to your social channels to an events page or whatever, mm-hmm. so Definitely invest in in like digital assets. Yeah. For There's there. also
4: something to, to know that like um, on Instagram, for instance, if you are posting content and you know for five days straight your content is like getting big big likes, big numbers, big engagement, and then you post a piece of content that just flops, it actually throws you off in the algorithm.
1: Ooh, life hack right yeah. here. So, so, what do you do? What do you do? Well,
4: I mean, Prevent you, you, the there's flop. No, there's nothing you can do to change the past, <laughs> but like, you, know, you just got to know that like, the, the idea is that every single piece of content should be great. Uh, and, and, and that's the way you stay relevant. But it. don't
2: you feel like, I mean, I feel like at least on our account, there's been, it's hard to explain when the, when flop, the flop is going to happen. Or why the flop happens. It well, can be a great photograph or same time as last Friday, but it just doesn't work.
4: I think if you go through your insights on social find and chance. you look at your top 20 posts okay. um, and that's a good that's a good tell as i mean obviously your top five is going to be the tell like uh, but but they could all be the same thing right? right so like i always say look at your top 20 because it'll probably be across a few different pillars um and try to stay as close to them as possible you know, all because right. that's like that is um, ultimately what's keep what keeps you at the top of the list, right? Like good yeah. content. They just want they want good content. So like they're gonna put you on the search feed, on the search board, right? Um, right. If your content is consistently engageable.
1: Hmm. Life hacks from yeah. Michael Turn All of our of followers Instagram. are gonna go climbing <laughs> through the roof. Through the this. roof. You're gonna be on people's search feeds. I love it. And you guys pull and can pull in people's Instagram feeds to the. You, like, the yeah, it with absolutely. the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like, the content's really important to invest in because it can be, like, living on your homepage and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Anything you've seen, like, any features specifically you've seen people use that have, like, that maybe you don't know, you wouldn't necessarily think of when you're starting your restaurant that have, like, helped to drive traffic and people into the restaurants?
3: Yeah. I mean, one thing, and this might be very obvious, but it's interesting how m- sometimes the pushback that we get. um, You know, always, even if you're not ready to launch your website, have a splash page up as soon as like PR happens and include it in there because yeah. that domain authority of linking to your website from these different publications, that takes months to build up. Can
1: you explain what domain authority is just for yeah. like our audience in case yeah. they don't know? Because it is, I mean, we know what domain authority is because yeah. we have an e-commerce business and it is like extremely important for long tail mm-hmm. like search and all these kind of things. But
3: Yeah, 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 it's just um, search engine optimization. I mean, yeah. the longer a uh, domain exists and the more websites of authority like a New York Times or an Eater that gets a lot of traffic linked to it um, the faster you're going to c- yeah, climb to the top of the search engine and orga-
1: uh, yeah. and like in organic like an organic search is the faster mm-hmm. you'll climb and like the, it's from like 0 to 100 basically right for a domain authority and you like want to try to get as high yeah. as possible
3: yeah basically um so so that's one thing um, as quickly as possible, get that up. Don't delay it. Um, and even if it's just a picture yeah. and an address, picture and a phone number, or something yeah, so that like you don't,
2: yeah. you don't so waste you don't all waste. that opportunity. So someone- the only
3: other thing I would say that to put on that is um, an email sign up, and we get a lot of yes. pushback on that. Oh, we're not ready to do that. We're gonna, we you know, so do it later. That. But it's like, well, when you're ready, who are you gonna email? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it's so, so true. Yeah. So and 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 it's really powerful to have. A group of people who have opted in to like stay in touch with you and also have your social media so you start getting those followers so um those are some of the the best practices
1: so when do you recommend that like in the process that people sort of put up the splash page and start coming to you guys for the website just in terms of like timeline
3: i i would say usually with us it It's probably like three months out, like a little bit before, around the time, I think that's about when PR starts happening. I mean, I
2: I feel like the minute you sign a lease, uh, hosting a splash splash page page. is next to nothing for a month. You may as well get your domain and put it up ASAP. And then obviously they can take whatever domain, wherever they are getting. Do you guys do a splash pages as well? Or
3: Yeah, yeah. So anytime you sign up with BentoBox, you get a free splash page. Okay.
1: So. so there's no harm in doing it early. like Even if you're not ready to commit,
2: you can probably do like a Wix page or something like that. That's basically free and then switch over to Bento or something you else. You could right? do that,
1: but you could also work with us from the beginning. Oh, cool. Which would you know, cool. Get that up for you. Cool. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then what about like Instagram accounts and stuff? Like when do you think is a sweet spot to start that before opening? Or like social accounts in general.
4: Um, you know, I'm launching a a new business soon, uh, and I, I got the serial entrepreneur. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, I I I have the I have the Instagram handle like a year ago, and I I like post like a. Weird picture on it once every three months. <laughs> so <laughs> so you are active. actively
2: using it, okay? Yeah, I mean, once every three months. So I don't know how
4: active. Yeah, it's not it's not super active, but I think like anything that you can imagine, um, like if you are creating a business or you have a business, just make sure that you're able to get the handle for it because yeah. you know there's like, and I would say when thinking about launching a business, like not only is it important to have the Instagram handle and in the domain, but like the trademark is like your business is not nearly as valuable as it could be without with a trademark, right? So you right. wanna make sure that you can have a you can have the mark. And so I would say when naming your business Start, think, look, you know, see if there's a trademark available for it, see if there's a, 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 a website available for it, see if there is an Instagram handle available yeah. for it. Because you want to have all that stuff lined up.
1: That's so true. It's like not even, and again, like I think another reason to go to like somebody who's professionally built websites and all these things from the beginning is so they can help check for all that kind of stuff. Do you guys help with like the domain searches and whatnot? Yeah, in order to
3: like get a domain that's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, we definitely. Um, advise on that but we also always sometimes you know restaurants kind of want us to buy it for them which you know we're obviously happy to do on their behalf but don't recommend be at all because yeah. they should own their domain I mean yes. who knows what happens and you don't want us to be like the owners the of owner. that yeah um, so
1: no but that's good advice it's like as soon as you're coming up with a name like the other quick thing you should do is make sure that you're the only one that name yeah yeah besides yeah. yeah. just the trademarking and stuff on for the digital assets yeah
2: that's
1: a good tip. Cool. Um, all right. Should, Should we move into, Yeah. Great minds think alike. Okay. So we'll do. These are meant to be like quick fire, like one to two word kind of response um, things. They always go over one to two words, so don't feel don't feel pressured. Um, so, Crystal, what's been the how many days off? We always ask for like days off in the first year of business. So when you were starting Bento, how many days off did you take? We all know the answer to this. That <laughs> <And bad>, zero. <laughs> Crystal's about- still never taken a day off. <laughs> I know. Crystal's like, uh, I worked 125 <laughs> hours last week. And Michael, what about you? None. 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 For for both Meatball Shop and Seymour's.
4: Worked. I worked 18 months straight at a Meatball Shop. Was, 18
1: months straight.
4: You yeah, wouldn't condone rough. that, but we that was, yeah. Yeah, was really hard. That's hard. That's really hard. And it was also probably unnecessary. But yeah, it, 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 you know.
1: But uh, you've come a long way. How many? What about Seymour's?
4: Seymour's. Uh, f- you know, I, I think I probably worked. I mean, I definitely worked seven days a week in the very early days, just to make yeah. sure everything was going well. Yeah. And I'm still, I still work seven. I mean, like I'm never not on.
1: Never not on, yeah. Um,
4: but uh, you know, I take the weekends off now, um, which is awesome.
1: So that was the next question: is like how many days off in the last week? So we five or two for you? Two, two. Good. Yes. All right. See, Balance life gets is better,
2: guys. Um I'm gonna add one in that, that wasn't on our list, but. Um, do you have a favorite Instagrammable moment at someone else's restaurant that you've been to that you can think of? Hmm.
4: That's a good question.
3: Well, when you were talking about- Maybe this about should have been on the list are, so that you could um, prep, but <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> when you were talking about making these Instagram moments at Seymour's, um, I was thinking about the friends and family went to and then there was these like tiny little ice cream cones, they were so cute. With the little, with the- I think At Seymour's? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if I'll, I'll call that my favorite because it's the one that came. Do you to still my have mind.
2: the tiny little ice cream cones? Mm-mm. No, that
4: was a friend and family thing. Oh. Oh. Bring back, the, Bring tiny back, back the tiny ice cream cones. Oh. <laughs> good call. Good call. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of my favorite uh, Instagram moments. Uh, and not everybody's going to know this, but it is a real one, um, is at the Farah Pizza, which is my favorite pizza spot. Okay. Um, getting a shot of the old man uh, cutting off the basil over the pizza. Yeah, yeah. that That's is a, a good one. one. a good shot. I yeah. don't think he planned that as like. No. No, be he's been making pizza
1: for media. <laughs> <like> way before <laughs> yeah. there was any such thing as digital anything. That's an
2: authentic. Uh, yeah.
1: An authentic content moment. Content
2: right there. Uh, favorite thing about being your own boss.
3: Well, I think being your own boss is a little bit of a misconception. I think I that you started that. for for those reasons, but it quickly evolves, especially if you take on investors and right. if you have a board.
1: Um, but um,
2: Ultimately, you're always working for your Or if you customer, have customers. Yeah. We always right. say
1: we work for our customers because yeah. we we're self-funded, but still we're like, we work for our customers. So even if you don't have investors, you're but still working right some for somebody. But there is some independence
2: in running your own business. Yeah.
1: But. Yeah, I mean, must I,
2: be nice, right?
1: Yeah, totally.
3: I mean, I think that um, I really like the the kind of evolution of, I, I like the personal growth that comes with running your own business, that's because that's what, that's, that's what it's all, I, there's nowhere else that you grow quicker and, and, and in a more real, authentic way than, than, you know, building a business from the ground up.
4: Yeah, I think uh, my favorite part is, is leadership, is just being able to, uh, stand in front of a group of people and uh, have a vision and a, and a, and a philosophy and a, and a and values set of values, and um, being able to convince people to believe believe in that and uh, and actually succeeding and and um, you know helping people to grow individually and be that that that's my favorite part of the business I think is just a sort of human engagement human touch with my 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 team like my, my crew yeah super
1: important um you go ahead. What's the most important element to help really help nail your digital presence? Could be any piece of the digital space.
3: I mean, I mean I'm probably going to say the same thing that I said earlier which was the photography. Yeah. I mean that's 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 what matters these like little moments in time um, that that you can share visually and and just evoke a ton of emotion. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree with that.
4: I think I think it's a it's a culmination of three things. I think the the most important piece for me is the voice. Um, that's conveyed digitally because there needs to be a voice for the brand and um, people are communicating digitally today more so than ever, probably more communi- digi- communicating more digitally than even in person for sure. Um, and so I feel like the brand voice is very, very important. I think the, the images, the imagery is, 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 is almost equally it. as important. Yeah. And then the last piece is um, consistency in, in, uh, in engagement and responding to people. I think that is... If somebody DMs you um, or the restaurant and says, oh, I just had such a great meal, and then you get back to them in, like, 10 minutes, that's just, like, holy smokes, amazing for that that person. It does
1: feel good when a brand responds to you.
2: Quickly.
4: I I say that Uh, a
2: lot. Not always the easiest to achieve, but I think it's certainly worth it if you can. Uh, Okay, so moving on. um, A couple restaurants opening soon.
1: Yeah, so we just want to shout out, um, do you guys Meeple have anybody? Shop in Connecticut, right? Meeple Shop in Connecticut just opened. First one in Connecticut, which is very exciting. Anybody else you want to shout out that's opening soon or mm. any friends or projects? I can't
3: think of any, but I do. I sh- every Monday we have... New launches. I'm sure, on, you have a list, right? No, yeah, on, on our Instagram, um, and uh, I know a bunch of those are always are always new openings. So I should have done my homework. So, so
1: check, check out the bento. bento right? Yeah, Mondays. check out get bento on Monday to see who's quote unquote opening. The soon. I also just
4: want to throw a shout out to my boy James Kent, who just yeah. opened up Crown Shy. A yeah, a couple of months ago.
1: Yes, James was on the show. So. And it's really good if you can get a table Amazing, after no. their, yep, <laughs> if you can get a table after their glowing New York times review. Um, but yeah, crown chai is awesome.
2: And then Momofuku in the South street seaport is going to be Momofuku's, opening up, uh, yeah. very soon. So we're excited for that one and Excellent. that'll be two concepts, but I think just, uh, just one will open up first.
1: Yeah. they're going to open their downstairs, check out their uniforms.
2: Very it's cool. Fun
1: there. Um, okay, cool.
2: Cool. So next week, uh, join us for our final episode of the season. We'll be decoding the P&L with Nate Adler, the owner of Gertie and the partner in Weartess. Um Special thanks again to Crystal and Michael. If you dropped your notebook and linen hamper, we've got your back. You can check our blog on tillitnyc.com to catch our wrap-up of key points from the show this week. Uh, where can we find you guys on social websites? Um,
3: at GetBento uh, on our Instagram, and then I'm just... Crystal Moby, any if you can even begin <laughs>
1: it. <laughs> put it
2: together, put it together.
1: And the bento box website is getbento.com. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep.
4: Yeah, and you can just find me at Michael Chernow on all platforms and the and uh, at Seymour's and at Meatballers. Meat For meatball Meatballers.
2: Meatballers. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, follow the journey on Heritage Radio. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Are Opening Soon and at Tillot NYC. Thanks, guys, for being here.
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.